This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Last week, we saw a quite a few uh, RPG Kickstarters uh, launch and get funded. One of which is breaking records left and right. That, of course, is Avatar Legends, the role-playing game by Magpie Games. We're going to talk about how this Kickstarter has broken records, smashed, smashed stretch goals, and will it or will it not change the RPG market going forward? Stick around. It's the Chaotic Goodcast, episode 113. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. How are we doing, everyone? Happy Monday to y'all. Happy Monday to everyone. Or if you're listening to the audio podcast, it's happy Thursday Friday. Evening. Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Thursday evening. Happy day. Evening. Happy Just day. Happy day. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I will. I will also remind you that uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, or if you're even watching this after the fact, uh, you can uh, join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube. Just switch, uh, just search for Victory Condition Gaming. Give us a follow, a like, all those things that you're supposed to do here on YouTube. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, it uh, definitely helps us grow our show. And uh, yeah, we just love being a part here at uh, being a part of this community here at yeah, on YouTube and Twitch too. We're also on Twitch, but you know, mostly YouTube. <laughs> also joining us tonight is our Geek of the North, Mr. Jason Hunt. So it appears we've packaged up all of the heat that we had up here that was murdering all the Canadians and mailed it to you guys. So mm -hmm. you're welcome. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's rather toasty. Toasty down here today. Uh, and muggy. And yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a week, I think, for, for most of us here in the Northeast. You guys enjoy um, melting. Yeah. It's, <laughs> hey, I, I complain about the winter enough that i do not uh, complain about being hot in the summer because we'll, <laughs> I'm we'll, the other way around we'll see about, about that <laughs> <laughs> everyone keep an eye on on the social media this week <laughs> prove doug wrong keep an I, eye on I, doug's I, facebook page <laughs> i purposely i purposely do that so that, that way i don't uh, uh you know i don't complain about both seasons um before we start let's let's just start uh, we'll, we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, something that uh, Ben and I have in place uh -huh. uh, coming up next month. Uh, we we I, it hasn't been officially announced uh, on our. Uh, we haven't done the big big grand announcement yet. But uh, Ben, you're going to be at Granite State Comic Con uh, next month, uh, September. What's the 16th and 17th? I have to take a look 18th, at the dates. 19th? Is it the 18th, 18th and 19th? 19th? Yeah. It it is the 18th and the is the 18th and the 19th in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, Point for Ben. <laughs> I'm glad one of us is. I'm, I've got so many dates that uh, I've been dealing with that I forget which 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 ones are which. Wife, no? She does. Oh, yeah, I had to sit down and tell her about all my dates the other day. Um, basically, uh, Grand State Comic Con is in Manchester, New Hampshire. It's run by Double Midnight Comics. 
Uh, we were there in 2019. We ran the Gaming Lounge. This year, we're also going to be there, and actually, we'll be there hopefully in, in years. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be there in years to come. Uh, ben, you're going to be there? You're going to run some games? Yeah. We're going to set tease out. Yeah, we're going to be... Uh, unfortunately, Doug is not going to be with me. He's got other commitments that week. So I get to rep the BCG brand. Uh, what a mistake Doug is going to make. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we're going to have the, the dump stat tees for sale. Uh, we'll have some free league publishing books, some other uh, some other indie RPGs and stuff. And yeah, we're going to be demoing some games, teaching, uh, teaching some new stuff out there. Uh, there will be a limited uh, gaming library for people to come in and use. Obviously, we'll have COVID protocols in place. We'll have hand sanitizer. You know, we'll definitely. I believe. Uh, I believe the state of New Hampshire is currently recommending masks. I don't know if that will be in place in six weeks or not. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, if you are safe, if you want to come in and say hi, uh, definitely give me the air high five. I'd be happy to see you in a, in a few short weeks down at uh, GraniteCon. Yeah, it doesn't seem it's only six weeks away. Um, the, the reason why I won't be there and is because I, I will be at Gen Con for a free league. Uh, it seems like everybody wants to mash all of their conventions and, and events yeah. into one week or into one month this year, uh, which is fine. I totally understand. You got to get your events out. Not complaining. I appreciate Granite Con extending. You know, I, we we have a really great relationship with them, uh, so we really appreciate them having us back um, for their. You know, the comeback, I guess we want to call it, because they had to kind of do it all virtually last year. Um, and they asked us to come back for multiple years. So we're very excited for that. Uh, we will be, that will probably be the, you're kind of hearing it here first. That will probably be the VCG gaming convention uh, going forward. So uh, it will be Granite Con after, as long as, you know, cross our fingers, <laughs> we don't have to, we don't have to deal with all this uh, COVID stuff or as much COVID stuff next year. Uh, we're, so we're is that where you're really going to do Shoot Con then? Part of part of shoot con, part of Granicon, make it happen. I'm gonna. And you both are muted because I, I there we're not calling it shoot con. We're calling it VCG con. Um, so definitely, uh, we'll definitely be very excited about that. And uh, we we had it there. We had uh, the VCG gaming lounge at uh, at Granite Con two uh, yeah in 2019. Had a great uh, full we had a great full room. We had, they gave us the the hall the uh, one of the ballrooms. And it was awesome. We had a lot of designers there. We had vendors. We had publishers. We had, uh, you know, the Roll Initiative there was was there to to run RPGs. We had a gaming library. It was just a lot of lot of fun. And uh, 2022, the plan is to do it bigger and better than 2019. So, uh, just very excited. Uh, if you're in the Northeast and you would like to attend Granite Con. I would tell you to get your tickets in advance. Um, that way, they can plan in, in advance, and then that way you're not standing in line at the door because usually there is a big door. There is a big line uh, both days, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's great con. Great con. They have a lot of really great top-notch guests uh, this year. They have a lot of the Star Wars actors, uh, so definitely, uh, definitely come in uh, and, and participate. <laughs> Uh, with that, and they also Ben will just great... have a big "I'll be right back" sign at the table. <laughs> the ben, um, you didn't you didn't sell any dumps that tease? Why? Well, I, you know, <laughs> just partying hey, with, with look Julian at all the cool Glover. that I got. <laughs> just partying with Julian Glover and you know Ratzenberger. Yeah. yeah, no big deal. Really, really excited about uh, Granite Con, and I'm so glad to see that they're able to do their in-person event this year. Uh, they have a great artist alley. They have a lot of panels, a lot of a lot of events. It's a really great family-friendly. Uh, uh, convention stuff for for all ages uh really uh honored to 
be associated with that that show because it's been around for 20 some odd years now and uh yeah it's 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 an honor that they ask us to to like it's made of of granite (laughs) yeah i mean they're they're rock solid you could definitely say it's a rock solid uh convention (laughs) so yeah it's 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 great thank you uh, chris and uh and scott and brent thank you guys for uh, allowing us to be there and we'll talk about it more in the weeks to come, but uh, I just wanted to, to make that announcement uh, this week. Tell, tell folks a little bit about it. So if you're in the Northeast and you want to go to a convention, come to GraniteCon uh, in September. And uh, you can go to GraniteCon.com, and that'll give you all the details and everything. Uh, I think there's still some hotels that are still available. And, uh, yeah, uh, it won't be as great. The great gaming section uh, the gaming area won't be as grand as, you know, hopefully 2022 or in 2019, uh, but because we're still trying to feel things out as to what we're allowed to do. And and uh, we weren't quite sure what we we're going to be allowed to do uh, going into this year. So we're, we're kind of kind of paring it back some, but uh, we'll still have a lot of fun, a lot of things to do. And uh, I promise be- you will leave the gaming area with a smile on your face. Nice. That's that's I can make that promise. I appreciate that. I appreciate my that. my clothespins. My pride might not hold up, but, <laughs> but I can make that promise. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, is if you're going to go to Gen Con, feel free to stop by the Free League booth and and say hi, and and uh, I'd love to chat with you as well. Um, I forget what the booth number is now. I do have that booth number, but I forget to write it write it down. So, uh, <gasps> did you take a at, note? I know, right? Um, <laughs> but you but can if find you're it at, in your Gen Con app. Well, I've got I've got three conventions. I've got actually Dragon Con before uh, Gen Con, so I'm focusing on on Dragon Con. If you're gonna be, if you if you're gonna be at Dragon Con Labor Day weekend, make sure to come by Artist Alley, and uh, I'll be at uh, Andrew Gaska's uh, table, uh, hawking oh, nice. uh, Alien products. So, yeah, we'll uh, definitely definitely come by and and say hi, and and uh, we'll have. Brand spanking new copies of the Colonial Marines Operation Manual. Oh, so I, I'm super happy with that book so far. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of that. It's super cool. And we should have signed copies of <gasps> all of the products that. Okay, uh, you be uh, quiet now. Out. So, more talky for you. Just want to let let everyone know. <laughs> Might be the the only time that you'll be able to get signed copies this year. So, hey, I, I mean, I'm just saying, if someone brings a, an alien book. To Granicon, I'd be happy to sign it for him. I'm not. In, sure? I'm not in the book. I'm not associated with the product at all. But I will sign it for you. I, I will did, happily I, sign it. I will say that I did order a, a, a Alien stock for Granicon, so hopefully, uh, hopefully <laughs> they'll. they'll uh, I sent over the totals the other day, so hopefully you'll have plenty on hand. So that, right. that'll be uh, really great. That's all we've got for, for news for VCG for right now. Hope you're excited about those uh, things as, as we are. Um, if you are, please hit that like button down below and let us know. Uh, I guess we should probably get to our first segment of the show, and that, of course, is new at the store. Let's roll Ben's intro, the high-quality, <laughs> high-resolution graphics that are that is the new at the store logo. <laughs> You had right. me. You had me at high resolution. That's right. So. Right. What what are what are we showing you the money for this this week, uh, Ben? Sure. So we've got uh, three different games I want to kind of highlight. We've got uh, 
two kind of fun family games and then one uh, excellent mini coming down the pipe. Uh, but first up is Monikers. This is a game that was originally released about six years ago. Asmodee has just gotten the licensing to uh, continue to produce and distribute this. Uh, it is a classic game, very much like charades, but you are trying to uh, express either people or jobs or stuff, uh, and you have to do it three different ways. First off, you're allowed to basically say however you want to get people to guess it. Uh, then you uh, have a much more limited vocabulary. And then in the final word uh, round, you have to basically act everything out in full charades mode. But all these different uh, names and everything get shuffled around in between all these different rounds. So just because I'm acting something on one round doesn't mean I'm going to be acting it out in the next round. So a lot of fun little inside jokes start to develop in every round, and they just culminate in this giant laughter uh, pile at the end, and then you just reshuffle, deal cards back out again, and you're ready for another round. Super fun game. Really happy to have this back in, in store, especially as uh, people are starting to be able to get back together and play a few games with uh, with a few more widespread groups. It's definitely great in a, in a kind of a party setting, uh, but with a smaller group, it works just as well. Nice. You know, Laughter Pile was my nickname in high school. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I snuck it in there. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I've ever seen this game before. So when you uh, sent it over, I was uh, I'm like, I'm curious as to what this is all about. Because yeah. Monikers is kind of an odd name. Uh, it, it's been kind of sold as, um, I believe, Time's Up uh, is is a is an imprint that's been done before. The game mechanics themselves are pretty much open license. So any any company can really take gotcha. this 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 uh, formula and put it out there. Uh, definitely probably one of the... Uh, one of the uh, best reviews that I saw on it was more interactive and much less crass than Cards Against Humanity. So okay. uh, if you're looking for something that's definitely family friendly, uh, but is easy to jump into, this is this is definitely the card-based party game for you. Nice. nice. What else you got for us this week, Ben? Uh, so next up is the new game. Uh, this is from uh, the company that brought us Exploding Kittens. Uh, it is... Taco Cat spelled backwards. Uh, this is a two-player game where you are fighting with palindromes and trying to push your Taco Cat to the end of your track. The deck box itself actually unfolds in two and becomes the game board. And you're trying to uh, manage your hand with all these different palindromes that are worth different values and everything. And trying to be the one who's got the lowest value card at the end of the round. And once you've done that, you get to move your little Taco Cat one step closer to your board. You get all the way to the end of the box, and you're the winner. Uh, another really fun game that's going to have, I think, a lot more strategy just under the surface than a lot of people will think. Uh, Exploding Kittens definitely added a lot of strategy with a few of their expansions when their base game was very much you know, surface level, kind of random, good, funny time. Um, and this seems like it's got a got a little bit of undercurrent. They're actually starting to get some game design into these really whimsical uh, whimsical games. So I'm I'm excited to get this. It's got a great price point. It's only fifteen dollars. You get some cards. You get your little taco cat, and uh, you'll definitely uh, definitely see uh, some weird and wonky palindromes like evil olive. So uh, you should know that palindrome was also my nickname in high school. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't yeah. see that coming back at me. So, <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah. I, I, speaking of of the the folks that uh, that put out or the exploding kittens, I think isn't that the name of their 
company or something? Is it called Exploding Kittens? Yeah. Is that what... um, the the web comic is is the conglomerate. I believe it's the Oatmeal, but the actual right. game company that they've built to to publish and distribute these to um, is is Exploding Kittens. Right. So they named they named the company after their their flagship game, which you know I, it it rolls off the tongue. I also saw that they picked up the rights to Happy Salmon. Yes. Yep. From from was it North North Star Games? North Star had that. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I would think that that's probably one of their better selling games. So I'm wondering if I'm wondering why they why why they decided to sell it off. I mean, it's kind of it does fit within the the the, mm-hmm. the exploding kittens brand. Um, I'm I'm just kind of curious as to why. Yeah. Uh, or maybe um, they, maybe, maybe they, they got the price or they couldn't refuse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that could be. Yeah. I mean, you put a put enough money on the table, and and things are willing to move. I mean, there's a reason Catan Studios is now an Asmodee imprint and not its own publisher. That's true. So, despite being like the most popular board game ever. <laughs> yep. No, it's it's interesting. I, I will uh, probably I have Exploding Kittens. I don't think I think I've only played it like once or twice. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, I don't think I played it all if, that much. If you're if you're a, like someone who's played a lot of different games, Exploding Kittens can get stale fairly quick. It's not hard for people to start counting the number of cards that are available, and the game kind of resolves itself unless you randomly have a way to shuffle the Exploding Kitten back into the deck. Um, But some of the expansions definitely change that around a lot. So um, if you've felt that you've given up on Exploding Kittens a little bit because it became a little formulaic, uh, maybe check out some of those expansions because they do they do bring a little bit more nuance to it. Nice. I will have to do that. I also have to take a look at Taco Cat. Yeah. It's spelled backwards. It is also spelled backwards. Taco Cat. Taco Cat spelled backwards. It's Taco also Cat. also Taco Cat, yeah. That's yeah. pretty pretty crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here and wait patiently for you two to get that out of your system. That's fair. Uh, So the third product I want to talk about, I just wanted to talk about one of the products, but this is an entire wave of new minis that's come out. Uh, But this is the Adult White Dragon from WizKids. This is part of their Nolzer's Marvelous Miniatures line. This is their large-scale unpainted mini. It is big. Uh, This thing uh, clocks in uh, for the... the, uh, non-Americans uh, among us, 250 by 155 by 250 millimeters. It's like, it's like wait, that wait, big. Jason, Jason, can you can you decipher that for us here in the um, states? Well, 250 millimeters is 25 centimeters, so it's almost a foot tall. That's so it's, it's big. Yeah, um, this is like 10 inches tall. Yeah. And the best part is, this is an adult white, so even if you're rubbish at painting miniatures, it's already done. So yeah. it's it's you ready. Just dry brush it a so. bit and call it a day, <laughs> and you're you're ready to go. Uh, but yeah, they released a whole new line. There's a lot of really good stuff in here. But I did want to highlight this uh, this mini. It's been a little bit since Nolzers has done a a gargantuan mini. They've done their large size ones a bit, uh, but it's definitely been four I think four or five waves since we've had a gargantuan. And uh, getting this to your table is sure to make your PCs. Um, wish they had their brown pants on. Yeah, anytime you see an adult dragon land on the table, I don't care what level you are, you need to be a little <laughs> nervous. <laughs> this uh, this packaging, a lot of the, the, the unpainted uh, large dragon miniatures have, have are in some rather large packaging. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've got yeah. any still there at the store, Ben. Um, this one looks like it's it goes high. This one looks like instead yeah. of going wide and you know flat, 
it's yeah, usually they're in a kind of a traditionally squarish box. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this one's got its wings in the full upright position, ready to do a gigantic burst attack on them, um, on your PCs. Uh, yeah, just a really, it's nice to see them change the sculpts around a little bit and the, the body positionings, um, just because when, you know, Every dragon in these in these worlds is a little different. They've done a really good job world building in that regard. Yeah, it's not just but different when, color. <laughs> yeah, but when uh, but when when everything's in that kind of hunched position with the wings off to the side, I don't know. It, it it's nice to see different things, and it's it's really cool that WizKids is going to embrace that with these these different minis. Absolutely. When you put a, like a hero mini next to it, like a, just a, a character mini next to one of those things, if it's got its wings up like that, it's gonna to scale. It's gonna look amazing on the table. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Really, really nice. I hate yeah. how quickly they release minis, though. It's <laughs> if you ever it's, wanted to collect the Nolsers mini line, best of luck. <laughs> I hope so, you have a deep pocket. Uh, so if if Doug can highlight me for a second, I'm going to show off the the Nolsers line here um, at at the store, if I can. So this is this is the Nolsers line at the store. This is um, this is probably. Mm, 15 to 18% of the line. Yeah. We literally do not have space to carry the whole thing. Uh, it would, a, so it would, it would literally be like quarter staff minis. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is a huge line, and we try to stock you know the, the past like two or three waves and, and kind of rotate through them that way. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing line that is just growing and growing and growing. And I wish I could carry it all because it is all so good. But uh, there's yeah, the sculpt no, quality has yeah. gotten like it's it doesn't need to get any better. It's amazing it's now. Still really good. It really yeah. doesn't. Like, yeah. Like I've I've got some of the old like first uh, first line models from Nolzers and mm-hmm. they look amazing. Like yeah, they're they they're up good. they're up there with Games Workshop quality stuff. Like from their from their pro sculptors. I I would be curious to know how much of an impact the that line has had on like the Reaper Bones line in mm. general because i know i know of a few stores that have totally just dropped reaper bones in ju- in fo- in and just carried uh with this was good stuff reaper's I, cheaper I, though is it not per mini it, it is reaper but it's not, and it's, not pre-primed. it's not pre-primed yeah. <laughs> yeah. um reaper also has been doing a lot of their stuff through kickstarter right. so it's not as good a bet for a retailer to carry them because probably some of the the interested customer base is, is kickstarting it on their own. Right. Um, True. There are retailer tiers for for the Reaper minis, um, but there's no guarantee you'll necessarily get those sales if everyone else is able to just hit that pledge button and get literally one of everything delivered to them. Um, yeah. So whereas whereas the the Nolzers, the the Whiskeys line, the Deep Cuts Nolzers, and even the new D and D, pardon me, not D and D, Magic the Gathering minis. Um, are are essentially hobby store you know first uh, i won't say exclusive because obviously you can get them online in other places but um but you know if you go into a hobby store you can probably find these yeah yeah i've been really impressed with that uh, was kids line and I, I don't see myself probably going to unless i can't find mm-hmm. a WizKid whiz kids mini that, that'll fit i, I think it i, 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 I will say reaper from I, I will say the one hole that WizKids hasn't really attacked yet. It's coming, but uh, they haven't really attacked the sci-fi minis yet, where That's Reaper true. has has embraced that, and they embraced it early. So they've got a bit of a lead on WizKids in that regard. So. Nice. Very cool. 
All right. It looks like we've got some great stuff coming at the store uh, this week, Ben. Uh, hopefully show me the money. We'll show show you. me the money. Help if, if, if we've earned it. I'm not demanding anything. Please, please shop local <laughs> if you can. Please. Help Ben help you. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. That's going to get us to our future price presentation where we're going to talk about the Avatar Legends RPG, whether or not it will change the RPG market. And now, our feature presentation. So as I stated uh, earlier, uh, Avatar Legends, the RPG, the role-playing game, hit Kickstarter last weekend, or last week, and it uh, shattered its funding goal. It has smashed stretch goal after stretch goal. And of course, this is something that's, that's put out by... Uh, by Magpie Games, and I'm going to start out just by saying that my opinion of the, of this Kickstarter and and my and the the panel uh, are this is not a knock on the quality of books that uh, that Magpie puts out. Magpie puts out some terrific RPGs and some wonderful products, um, and there's some great people that are working behind this this project. Um, so just take that for what it is. Uh, I. I a lot of I've heard a lot of folks talk about whether or not this is going to change the RPG uh, market uh, in the industry. Uh, I think that that's a, that's a good conversation to have. As you can see right now, it's still going up quite quite uh, quite a bit. It's already over four point two million dollars with twenty three days left as of this recording, and over thirty five thousand people backing this this project. Uh, congratulations to Magpie Games. Uh, on this on this success um it's it's really great uh as far as the panelists here do are either of you fans of avatar the show for sure yeah i was a big huge fan of the cartoon nice ben how about you i i've not watched a single episode uh, of avatar i've watched the movie the m night Shyamalan movie which i'm told <laughs> um does not do that much justice so badly um but uh but yeah no i'm i'm not i'm tangentially familiar with the world and kind of the story uh just because it it is so popular it's gotten into the zeitgeist like people people know about avatar who probably wouldn't normally absolutely i've i'm kind of in the same boat as ben i i know you know some some surface knowledge of, of Avatar. Um, I've tried watching the movie a couple times, but I always <laughs> get interrupted, and I have not got a chance to finish it. Um, actually, I sat down with uh, Sydney to try to watch it, and, and uh, she got bored and, and did her own thing. So I t- I tuned it off. Um, I'm very excited. I, whenever you see a Kickstarter that, that has this much success, it's I, I always get excited, and and but I also kind of put a little asterisk next to it, and we'll talk about my little asterisks that I have uh, in regards to uh, this this Kickstarter, um, and hopefully that they're, you know, I'm just giving my my thoughts on it. Uh, hopefully that they're, they're not actually the case, um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see a new record for an RPG for crowdfunding, thirty five thousand people. 4.2 million. I mean, this this thing is going to break probably six million dollars, if if you know, probably more than that by the, before it's all said and done. And that's not good. And that's not going to count all the late 
add-ons that people will eventually put in there yep. too. Right. Edge so, manager like, and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. This is this is huge. Yeah, it really is. Um, let's just show folks a little bit about what uh, what the uh, what the Kickstarter is, what it entails. Uh, it entails a core rulebook. Uh, pretty much, they've got the featured pledge, which is seventy-five dollars. Uh, you're going to have your core rulebook, you know, a set of dice, your PDF, uh, game mat, cards, all these supplements, dice bag, just a lot of content for seventy-five dollars. So it is insane value for seventy-five dollars. Yeah, yeah I'm kind really of, I'm a little is. bit nervous about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, I'll also tell folks that uh, if you're interested in this Kickstarter, there is a link in the description of this video, and there is also a link to where you can sign up for uh, Magpie's mailing list, and you'll be able to download the quick start uh, that we have on, on screen right now. Um, so you can actually start playing this game right away, which is which is really great. Um, this game, man, holy smoke. <laughs> I guess you can play in various eras. So if you're a fan of certain series of the show... You can play in those types of eras of, of uh, Avatar. The book, I'm sure, is going to be really great quality because that's what Magpie does. They just do great quality books. Um, this is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Mm -hmm. um, so you're mostly rolling 2d6. Um, and then, you know, based on what that is, uh, it, it determines uh, the the percentage if either success or failure or percentage of success uh i'm not a huge fan of pbta ga pbta games um there are some pbta games that i have really enjoyed and then others have been kind of meh, i mean that's okay it's not really something that uh, that i've been a, you know i i could probably go okay with without playing uh, this a pbta game with this this theme again what are you guys' thoughts on PBTA games, uh, Jason? How do you how do you feel about PBTA? PBTA is a great social game. Um, if you want to do a lot of theater of the mind, and you're not too concerned about uh, the stats and mechanics, actually of the game itself, because it's all like you said, it's two d six plus a modifier. Um, depending on your role, determines your degree of success. That degree of success determines what happens or what your uh, GM is going to react to for you and it's very much a back and forth between the gm and the player less so than hey i know that i have x hit points and they have y hit points and if i run them out of hit points i win it's not like that at all pbta right. is not that not that game if that's what you're looking for sure um that being said as much as it's a different system and it's very unique and it's an enjoyable way to play i don't particularly care for the system itself I'm a big fan of the playbooks as source books for other things. I have quite a few uh, cyberpunk uh, powered by the apocalypse uh, supplements that I absolutely love. Like the, the people who produce supplements for PBTA are passionate. You do not oh, get absolutely. a crappy PBTA supplement ever in my experience. That, that is definitely one thing. Like I, I'm part of I, I'm really glad that they didn't use a, f a fifth edition hack for for Avatar just just because it needs know. this because there's so much ambiguity in the air in the bending like yeah, air earth fire and water exactly. you can't put a stat to it like if there's right. if you put a damage amount on um, an air whip 
then that game is going to go downhill fast. Yeah. Um, because then it's just be get, it's basically going to be like, hey, air whip is my equivalent of a dagger. It's my basic air attack. Nah, nah, nah. Stabby, stabby. And that's and that's kind of why where I'm at with with this game. Where I I think if any theme is going to fit a PBTA game, this is this has a great chance of of fitting that and mm-hmm. and being really. Uh, there's there's certain PBTA games that just don't seem to jive with me. Like I said, and this one looks like it, this one has the potential of really feeling like what it's it's intended to and kind of go along with the setting that that it's uh, that it takes place in ben how about you what, what are your thoughts on pbta games so i've never played a pbta game but i've watched a few and it definitely feels like it's the type of role play that i really enjoy i like the do this but maybe something right isn't a hundred percent and and that give and take between the game master and the players um, is is a style that I really gravitate to. Uh, I've I actually just wrapped a, a fifth ed campaign uh, about a month ago now, and playing fifth ed really uh, for as long as we did over the pandemic really highlighted that that's not really the system that I respond to well, where you're just trying to hit numbers and 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 make things. I like having that discussion at the table with how things go, how well things go, and and maybe the consequences of the things you do. Um, so I am I I I would be interested in, in checking out this game um, and and other PBTA games as well. It 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 seems like it will really uh, resonate with me personally. Now, since this game is such a popular, since this IP, I should say, is so popular, of course, a lot of these uh, over 35,000 backers are going to be new RPG players. These are going to, we're going to get people that that are interested in Avatar that have never played an RPG game. And I think that this is great. Uh, This this has potential to, to really be a boon for the indie RPG market, because this is going to be something that, that kind of takes role-playing games and instead of, you know, a big chunky fifth edition book, you know, that you, that everybody knows and already play, you know, kind of already kind of has the knowledge of they're going to get probably a thinner book. I'm guessing it's a thinner book. Um, and the rules are going to be a lot easier to kind of pick up. And, and so that'll be a, a lot easier just to kind of jump into and, and play and, and not feel like you're being, yeah. You know, you're mm-hmm. playing catch up with with folks that that have already played fifth edition for years and years and years. Um, yeah, there's no the learning curve is much smaller in a PBTA. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm not quite sure how m- that's going to spread across the the market. Um, I, 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 you know, I'd hope. You know, and, and if anybody is watching this video and you're a new RPG player because of this avatar. Legends uh, RPG. I, I, I want to say thank you for for uh, your interest in the indie RPG market and just in role playing games. And if you're excited about this Avatar RPG and you're a fan of other things, do some res- do some searching because there is an RPG for pretty much anything out there right now. Um, and there are some brilliant companies and brilliant minds, brilliant designers, brilliant publishers making some really, really fun RPGs. So if this is your first step, if you're dipping your toes in the RPG market because of this RPG, 
check keep 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 in the meantime while this game is going to be published and probably designed and put out check out some of these other games because there's some great stuff out there and and uh, there's there's some great folks making 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 games and i'm also going to say welcome to our community because uh we're glad that you're here and uh we're we're the rpg the indie rpg market is some of the most welcoming folks and they just want a game and create stories and have fun more than anything else so welcome that's that's my uh, my it, you know my initial uh, thoughts on the new new players I, i'd be curious to know how many of these thirty-five thousand people or you know i I'm sh- who knows what it's going <laughs> to end at I, i'd be curious to know what percentage of them are new rpg players have never pro- played, you know, any. I'd say kind probably of RPG. no more than fifteen percent are new. You think no I more think, than fifteen percent? I was kind of leaning towards fifteen to twenty, somewhere around in there. Yeah, yeah. I think I so, think there's a already fairly large overlap between Avatar fans and gamers. Yeah, I think so too. I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out if, like, if you really tapped into the indie game community, there's probably been lots of people who have done hacks for Avatar overlaying it on other systems like there's probably an indie 5e hack for it somewhere out there on the internet um what this gives people is um a solid base like if for everybody who's been like well you know we're, I'm, my world is like avatar and we're gonna play you know as uh either uh, airbenders or firebenders or whichever um now they're gonna have a source book where they can say okay now this is my core campaign book and I'm just going to pick and choose what I'm using on it for my own game. So in that in that regard, I would I would say you're probably going to see most people are going to pick this up um because they love Powered by the Apocalypse already. Sure. Uh but about like I said 15% will be like will be new people who are just like holy cow. I've heard of Dungeons and Dragons and never really had much interest, but you can role play in the world of Avatar? That's kind of cool. I'll look at that. Absolutely. Absolutely, and it's a small book too. It's eight and a half by eleven. Yeah, it's uh, so that's a very it's very powered by the apocalypse standard. They don't do a lot of like gigantic tomes. I don't know how big these books will end up being, but yeah, I, I was kind of looking. That was one thing I was kind of looking for for was the page count, but it doesn't look like they they have any uh, as, as yeah. As they yet. don't they don't have a, a full on page count. Apparently, the adventure booklets that are uh, that come with it will be about thirty plus pages. Nice. Um, so I mean, already through that, there's going to be five of those. So you're you're going to get, you know, 150 pages through that plus whatever the core book is. So like this, this will be a fair amount of page when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the core book itself will definitely be very digestible. My, my cyberpunk uh, supplements for these things are tripping in at about 250 to 300 pages each, but they're super setting rich. Which is one of the great things about PBTA, actually. The the system of PBTA gets the heck out of the way very fast. And then it's all just invest in the world. Now, uh, there was one... Th- what, what's, we're we're going to talk about, about the retailer uh, pledge My here for, cabbages! For, a for, for, for a minute, uh, Ben. Because Magpie did this this odd thing with, with for retailers, which I had never seen before yeah. uh, with a Kickstarter... Uh, I think they were trying to do something different, and I I, I have a couple theories as to why they did it, um, but 
I'm curious as as a retailer yourself how you feel about this. And I, I think they've they've since changed the, the the retailer pledge. But originally the retailer pledge was just going to be for the the Kickstarter stretch goals and not the core rule books. They wanted you to order the core rule books through distribution. They've now said that you can now add the the core rule books uh, uh, in the backer kit after the after the campaign is over. Um, yeah, what 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 are your thoughts on on this uh, on on the retailer pledge? Um, so I want to applaud Magpie for trying this out. Um, I think this is a smart way in normal times for uh, publishers to kickstart a game, but still not leave local stores and games distribution out of the loop. Um, games distribution is what the entire industry was really built upon. Um, and seeing a lot of uh, distributors have trouble kind of so showing that they're willing to work with those distributors who have helped you know prop up these companies you know magpie you know if if they don't have a large hub uh distributors buying product from them and then sending it to the local stores magpie would have a infinitely harder time getting their product into places so they recognize the value of the of the distributor and i like that they wanted to reward that um now with the projected supply chain issues were now we're we're speculating we'll run into 2023 as everything gets sorted out like um things are going to take a long time to get sorted out so one of the biggest concerns for retailers when we saw this was this product looks fantastic i don't want 12 dice sets sitting on my shelf because i couldn't get the core book so um And because for whatever reason, distribution wasn't able to invest as much money bringing them in because of, of, of tight budgets and everything. So then they had to allocate to everyone that wanted it. Uh, you know, if I back for 12 stretch goals and I only get eight books, what am I going to do with that extra stuff while I wait for a reprint? I mean, it's just going to sit and there's very few local game stores that can sit on a lot of product right now. Granted, four four batches of stretch goals isn't a lot of product, but for some stores, that's that could be make or break between right. keeping the it's an investment the on product yeah. that's not selling. Yeah, yeah, right. still you know still you know yeah. This is one of those perfect on... world things, you know, where if pre-COVID, this would be a great idea. A fantastic. Right. When shipping yeah. was when shipping was consistent and reliable. No worries. And mm-hmm. honestly, like as much momentum as this Kickstarter has, yeah, I'm hopeful that they're going to be able to offset the ridiculous shipping costs and be able to pull in all the books that they need for this. But it's a risk on a game mm-hmm. that's cool, but could be very like 35,000 people is, is a decent amount of people. But when you scatter that across the country and then scattered across... States and then counties. How many Avatar fans are in your local area that are willing to pick this up mm-hmm. to make it viable for you to carry? And and to, to kind of get to the nitty gritty of pricing, um, it's it's one hundred and twenty dollars for the retailer to get four batches of stretch goals. It breaks down to thirty dollars per stretch goal. Um, what is what is the what is the uh, the the recommended pledge there? It's seventy five dollars to the end backer. I can't sell that batch of stretch goals for $30. I have to sell it for $50, $60 to justify me bringing it in and giving it space on my shelf and and time to sell. 
So yeah. if the stretch goals cost $60 and I'm trying to sell you a $50 core book, all of a sudden it doesn't make sense for the end backer to wait and get it through my store. It, it's more financial sense for them to get it directly through the yeah. Kickstarter itself. So I like it. I, I do. I think the numbers just are a little wonky this time. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I, everything looks great. Uh, but I, I am hesitant as a retailer to, to put my money into this right now. The, the other thing is that no matter how many folks that they, they get to pledge for this, there's always going to be people that, that don't back it because they don't want to put the money up front for, mm-hmm. you know, it's just because they don't want it yeah. sitting out there and, and, you know, they'll, or they just want to support their friendly little games or which is fine. That brings me to my concerns about this Kickstarter. There are, there are a few concerns that I have about this Kickstarter. Whenever you see a Kickstarter just explode and become, you know, almost like, I don't want to call it, but like a, like a fad, you know, something that, that, that folks want, like in the gaming industry, I think we see this, we kind of feel, we kind of see this where when, when something is, I think we see it a lot with Frosthaven, Gloomhaven, like those type of board games where, where folks want to pledge because they want to be part of it. So then that we, they can say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, pay, I pledge for this because, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't my, there. Yeah, my, that my Kickstarter fever thing. Yeah, exactly. My my pledge helped, you know, offset. it's almost like being part of a world record kind of thing, you know, where like, yeah. you, you know, it's um, just cool to be part of it. It doesn't yeah, hold any just, real value. It's just neat to be able to say, hey, I was there when they set this record. You're just <laughs> kind of part of that community when yeah. when, it, when it first starts. I, I have, so. This is this is just me speculating. Do not take this as and and it's nothing against. There are some great folks that are involved with this Kickstarter. I'm going to tell you right now that if you have backed this Kickstarter and you have seen the list of names, I think. Uh, let's see if I can bring the the, uh, the names of the folks that are collaborating on this uh, that are designing and and everything. There's at least six people that I know personally that. Uh, that are a part of this project. And that's actually one of the reasons why I backed it, uh, just because of the fact that uh, I am very excited for them to be a part of it. Um, I'm going to tell you to go check out, Google their names uh, that are of the folks that are a part of this, this Kickstarter, because uh, there are some very, very talented folks here um, that uh, I, I'm a big fan of, that I think that you should love what, what other th- stuff that they've put out uh again it kind of goes back to the whole if you're if this is a, your first rpg game here's a whole laundry list of folks that have put out some very successful fun rpgs in the past as well so yeah just uh that's that's not one of my concerns that's just one of the things i, I would i want to bring to your attention uh one of my there's a couple concerns here Whenever something like this explodes, and they knock stretch goal after stretch goal after stretch goal after stretch goal, and you're just re- racing to put up another list of stretch goals, I'm going to give folks a little bit of an inside information, a little bit of inside information on Kickstarters. Most of the time, Kickstarter, Kickstarter stretch goals are already planned out in advance before the Kickstarter launches. They're used as a tool to kind of keep create to create hype, to keep interest going, to you know get people talking. I hope 
I hope that all of these stretch goals that they have planned already have already been factored in. Because I think, what, when, when is this? This is supposed to be out by February. Is that what they said? February, February 2022. Yeah. February quite, 2022. Quite literally six months, which is no, no time chance. at all. No time at yeah, all. There's zero chance of that happening. With, with the shipping situation that it is, with the amount of. And maybe they've already have it lined up. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. Honestly, it doesn't matter if they do. There's no chance they're meeting a six month window. Right. It's just not happening. It's very unlikely, but I hope it is the case. I hope it is the case. I mean, people who back Kickstarters like this, though, they're used to like, yes. they'll look at that. They're not even looking at the at the release date thing. They're like, hey, this is a cool game. I want it. And I'll get it when it comes. I'll get it when it comes out. Yeah. Unless it blows that date by a year, then you're going to get a lot of grumbly people. See now, here's here's the thing. Like normally, I would say yes. Us as Kickstarter backers, those of us that have already Kickstarted games, yes, we know that there's a there's more than likely a delay. Like we know that hey, we should probably tack on six months. On that's true. It. Yeah. Any anyone who's a veteran backer is going to be like, yeah, that's not happening, and I'm fine with it. My fear <laughs> about this this Kickstarter is that it's going to bring in a lot of not only new RPG players, but a lot of new Kickstarter users. Well, yeah. well, let's just say that 15% uh, value that we kind of speculated on earlier, if we stop the Kickstarter today at 35,000, that's nearly 30,000 people that are new to Kickstarter, new to roleplay games, that don't have yeah. the idea that these things can be delayed. And I think your math's off, Ben. 30,000? 30, 30, There's 35,000 people backing it. Fifteen percent can't be thirty thousand oh, yeah. people. Sorry, sorry. The, 3, the thirty thousand people. No, the three thousand. Yeah, the there you go. The, the roughly five thousand people. Right. Um, but still, you're, you're yeah. letting down that much, and and you're going to have that many folks that are going to be like, well, well. Yeah, but a lot of these people, if even if they're new, they're going to be following the updates and the comments, and people will be talking about stuff like that, so they'll get a sense of it. I think. I, I just hope that it doesn't. A it doesn't ruin the experience for a new RPG player and a new a new Kickstarter user because mm -hmm. Kickstarter is a vital part of our tabletop industry right yeah. now. I know as much as much as retailers <laughs> hate it, it's not going anywhere. I know. It's still going to. It's been instrumental in, in getting games. new games made. That's for sure. Um, I would question whether or not it's a vital part of the hobby, but. Definitely, it's been instrumental in getting games made that would otherwise not have seen the light of day. Right, absolutely. And and I'm not... I, I'm super excited for this project. I'm just concerned about... I, I know everybody's saying, oh, this is going to bring in so many new players. This is going to be... going to be. This is going to bring in so many new folks into the hobby. And yes, it is. It's going to bring in a, a good chunk of new players. And I'm so excited for that. I just don't want that first impression to be kind of a mixed like yes i'm excited about this but man it took like so long to get to me when originally i was told x and i got it in y and that that can be managed by magpie yeah yeah uh, and i hope that they do that the, the, yeah the, I mean, they, they should and they, they pretty sure yeah pretty sure will. most people will be understanding about it honestly yeah 
so yeah, I, that's that's pretty much my my one my one concern. And the other thing is that with the Kickstarter, I hope that they've with the stretch goals, I hope that they've planned these out so that I they wonder sometimes don't like, bog the production yeah. time way down. Like I know that a lot of places probably you're right. They probably plan like if they if their goal is you know fifty thousand dollars to make the base product, I'm sure they've probably planned. Like I don't know, I want I'm I'm just completely pulling this out of my butt here, but like another like maybe two hundred percent profit on top of that as Kickstarter goals, and then beyond that, I think it's going to be a little bit hazy because like, I mean you can you can always ask people too, you know, like hey, do you want to be a stretch goal at like four and a half million dollars if if we get there? Like, would you be okay with writing a small playbook about this? Um, but then like uh, like when the Kickstarter ends, then you're basically, you've got like 35 irons and 35 fires and you're hoping like some of them are going to be super fast about it. Some of them are going to be super slow about it. Right. <laughs> That's I, just kind of a risk you take when you get to that level of success, I guess. It'll be interesting to see if it, what they have, because like, we're only, we're not even a week into the Kickstarter and we've got all these stretch goals. We've all got all these products. Like, We've got three more. We've got more than three weeks left to go. Mm-hmm. What? Well, there's else always they... that mid the the middle two weeks of any month long Kickstarter. Are bleh. Right. <laughs> but what what else are they going to put out there? Like, are they gonna just conti- are they going to be able to continue the, the way that they're going, or are they going to change it up and say, okay, well, since we hit X amount and we budgeted for this amount and we've got that's stretch goals we planned have. up. Yeah. Do we switch over to digital rewards? You know, and we they get could. them to you when we get to the, you know, when we get to them. You know what? And I wish Kickstarters would do after a certain point. Like when, if like say your Kickstarter does run out of stretch goals, and you've basically got everything that you need to do everything right. After that, just say, you know what? If you continue to donate to this, we'll start eating into shipping costs for everybody. So, like, if you if you get to like four and a half million dollars, and you're done with your money getting stretch goals, and you still get another five hundred thousand from people who are just interested in backing, put that money towards wiping out shipping costs. Don't just like you don't like sure for certain like give give your staff bonuses. I mean that's that's yeah, just a yeah, nice thing yeah, to do. Absolutely. But look at that as an option too. Like, wouldn't wouldn't you be ecstatic to back another Kickstarter from these people if they were to say, hey, we have three hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's basically extra money we're going to basically just chuck that at shipping and make sure everybody gets either massively reduced or free shipping. Like because as an international backer, that would be huge for me. I'm going to tell you right now, because shipping rates are not going to just plummet, you know, over these next, you know, six <laughs> months or 12 months. No. They're, they're only more than likely. They're only going to, going to increase. So I, I, I hope that they've, you know, I'm sure that they've probably factored in that. And let's get to some of the chat here. Well, that, uh, that we've got, because I think Eric's got some, uh, Matt J uh, let's let's get Eric says I'm more scared for the root RPG in Urban Shadow Second Edition. Magpie will want to keep a good relationship with Viacom, and other projects may suffer a little. Yeah, that, that's another thing when when you've got a, a a smaller you know publisher when they've got some of these when they've got lots of different lines, and we've seen this with other publishers. You know, a lot of times, you know, maybe they've planned this and they've already brought on more staff and more more designers, more authors more writers um, to address the other lines. 
Um, I'm, I'm very excited for the Root RPG. I, I, I back that project. Mm-hmm. I also backed for Urban Shadows. Um, you know, I, I, I know that they'll both, you know, I, I'm curious to see Root once it all is all said and done. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I can understand that, uh, that hesitancy too, Eric, as far as, you know, uh, if this is where your main money is, yeah. you know, putting, putting food yeah, on the table yeah. and, and, and paying your bills. <laughs> you do kind of put a lot more attention on it. I, yeah, I, hopefully I they have enough people on staff that uh, they can do both at the same time. Yeah, and we we've seen other smaller Kickstarter companies have have these growing pains before too right. when they hit it really big. Yeah. So yeah, like you know, definitely definitely grab uh, grab some of this money that's coming in and, and hire more staff and stay on top of yeah. it. Um, yeah. Rather that, than putting that, it into flashy content and stuff like that, make sure your infrastructure is capable of providing what you're what you're trying to push out. Yeah, uh, you've seen a lot of Kickstarters come out, and it's like, hey, we only expected to get fifty thousand dollars, and now we're at three and a half million dollars. We have no idea what we're doing now. <laughs> Four point two million dollars for an RPG. That just after, it's after not even one week. Well, See, and the problem too with with companies like Magpie, when they get multiple Kickstarters going, a lot of it is a scheduling thing too that they have to consider. Like, they have they've probably had this Avatar thing uh, in the works for months, if not mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. a half a year or more. Like, so now they were saying, okay, we plan to launch this at this time, and we have to meet this because the creative people that we've hired uh, to support this are only available at this time. And if we blow that window, then they're on other projects, you know, so they kind of have to push forward sometimes with things that may not necessarily be the most wonderful timing in the world. Uh, Matt J actually has a comment here that says, uh, today's uh, update suggests that they ran out of stretch goals, which I, I don't doubt because uh, it looks like a lot of uh, a lot of stretch goals were, were unlocked there uh, already. Uh, more are coming, but have to be approved by the licensor. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Suggests that, the uh, stretch goals were pre-planned, but not enough yeah. of them. That's that is that is big. Licensor approval is huge. We've seen delays yeah. uh, previously with a lot of the Star Wars properties from Fantasy Flight Games and Asmodee, uh, where you know they announced something and because it wasn't right and the mouse said not yet uh, they opened their big you know, mouth and didn't have authority <laughs> it was it was kind of that way with the clone marines operations manual for for alien uh, yep. we had that all written and ready to go we were just waiting for disney approval and uh, it just kind of that's where it kind of where it got bogged down yep got to oh, have somebody look yet. at it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So, uh, yeah. Whenever you work with big IPs like this, it, it, there is a lot of a lot of things behind the scenes that, that you have to kind of deal with, and, and that's another thing that 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 I I hope there's I hope they switch to like digital stretch goals going forward uh, instead of physical stretch goals because I think those will be a lot easier to, to a uh, get out without bogging down the rest of the production, and mm-hmm. you can get them to your backers a lot easier Instantly, with yeah. less expense and i always mm-hmm. worry about that with physical stretch goals when they start adding stuff like that in like here's a new race here's a new region here's a new uh map here's a new xyz i mean if they're planned out fine if you have the resources in place already and you've already touched base with people that's okay but when you start padding your book your physical book all of a sudden you run into all sorts of logistics issues as well is the spine of the book capable of supporting that many pages? 
Can we still have the high quality page count? Can we still have all these fancy little doodads and add-ons? Well, and I Sometimes mean, as you as you increase the size of the book, you can fit less books per container. So now right. you have to get yep. more containers. Exactly. Like so, even, goes even, up every too. little thing yeah. affects everything else past it. So yeah. you have to be careful with that. And if you if your book shoots up from like a expected size of two hundred to three hundred pages, like that's a huge increase to deal with. Ligma balls this says. Uh, Pre-planned stretch goals are not a bad thing, though. No, they're not, and no, that's exactly. No, no. I, no. I, 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 it's a smart thing, actually. <laughs> it's the smart thing. That's what I, I hope most Kickstarters do. I, I know that that most Kickstarters that have done it a time or two have done that, and uh, they've just used it as a marketing tool more than anything else. Uh, they also say I'm more surprised at how much of the stretch goals are digital rewards. I think that I, I think this is this is where I, I, I hope that they kind of lean towards this as to offer digital stretch goals for the rest of the campaign and then make physical uh, items for those stretch goals like maybe they're an adventure or a booklet or, or whatever but put those out in retail so then that way folks that all these folks that have backed this kickstarter on the kicks you know on the kickstarter itself have a reason to go to go to retail and pick up the supplements they might have them digitally, but we all know RPG kicks. We all we're all RPG addicts here. Like we we all know that we love those dead tree versions in our hands more than we like to see them on our screens. Like I, if we really love, like if you're anything like me, you know that I have to have more than one copy of an RPG if I really love it. And I think this is one of those things that. Uh, Doug's a little weird like that. Uh, I, I do, I do. I have to have the digital copy. Sometimes if I really, I have to have the digital copy and I have to have the physical copy. If I really, really love an RPG, not only do I have a digital copy and, and a physical copy, but I also have a an archive copy yeah. that I set aside and that, that goes into my library on my shelf. And that's the one, the pretty one that I take a look at that uh, I just go, oh, yes. Doug is made of money, everyone. <laughs> I am not made of money. And I don't do that as much as I used to. Uh, but there are RPGs that, that, that I do that with just because, man, I love having that pristine book right on the shelf. And, yeah, I'll put that, I'll put that book in my, in my backpack and, and take it to a con. And I don't care if it yeah. gets, you know. That's why I like Alan's stuff when I back it is his, his uh, like deluxe levels. You get the hard cover that goes on the shelf. Soft cover hits the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, now, as to the, the question that this segment is about is, will the Avatar Legends role-playing game change the RPG market? I'm going to say it might get more folks playing PBTA, but I don't think it's going to change the market substantially. I think you're going to get a lot of folks that are new that will probably enjoy playing Avatar. And I hope that those folks go and dabble in some of these other games that are out there. But I don't know if you're going to see PBTA change the, the, uh, the, the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? fifth edition landscape and, of gaming of gaming. yeah the landscape <laughs> of fifth edition and pathfinder like as like they have those two games i, I went to a, 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 a it was a toy store toy and gaming store uh this this last weekend 
and they had games there and they also had RPG books and all the RPG books were either D&D or Pathfinder and that's pretty common with most most game stores that that are like that I don't see this game changing that I think I don't think so no. I think the majority of players are always going to be 5th edition and you know 3.5 <laughs> or whatever Pathfinder or whatever you want to say um I'm really excited, though, that it is going to bring more folks to this hobby. And I hope, I hope that this Kickstarter is such a great experience and they get so excited about the Avatar RPG that they want to look at other RPGs. Like, that's that's on us as fans of RPGs. Like, we have to be welcoming of these new players and we have to say, hey... We're so glad that you're here. We're excited about your RPG, this Avatar RPG as well. But have you taken a look at this game? Have you taken a look at this game? <laughs> like, I think that that's what we need to do. Like, we need to, if, gotta, if we really want to change. Push them, huh? Well, no, but, you know, Come we, here. Have, to, Come we here. have to be welcoming. <laughs> but, we also, but we also want to, we also want to, you know, show the excitement that we have for this hobby, you know. And just tell them that, hey, yeah, this is just the first step into a larger world, right? Right, Ben, if I'm quoting... Uh, to, to, to paraphrase... Star Wars? Yeah. I yeah. mean... Um, it sounds very much like the first hit is free to me, but okay. I mean, no, it's, it's not. But <laughs> no, it's, it's $75. And, uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and it's a good hit for $75. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I think this game, I think, would allow a lot of people maybe parents who want to get their kids into the gaming if they're already mm. into gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, this That's game, like Powered by the Apocalypse, is a great way to, like, if you have, if your kids watch Avatar and they're running around in the backyard airbending and firebending and chucking stuff at each other, um, Powered by the Apocalypse Avatar is going to definitely be an easy way to get them sitting at a table saying, okay, so you're an airbender and this guy's a firebender and he's trying to steal this thing. How are you going to stop him? Because it's a really simple mechanic game. It's just 2d6 plus a bonus. And then you're negotiating with the players in every instance. Anytime you roll dice in that game, you're negotiating with your players as to what happens, what the outcome is. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it amazing? You know, so I think you could see this game being used by a lot of experienced gamers to easily introduce their kids into role-playing games. Whether or not they move on from PBTA to something else is, you know, up in the air. But I think it definitely is an easier intro than 5th edition, by far. Absolutely, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. Um, It will be interesting to see if this, the success of this Kickstarter takes, if if other folks with, with very popular IPs go, hey, this worked really well for Avatar, Will it work really well for our IP? Yeah. You know, but I don't know how much, you know, a lot of these companies, they don't really look at the RPG market to begin with. Um, but this well, might make them stand up and take a well, look because even if when they're you're not talking... looking, Magpie could approach them and say, hey, we did an Avatar RPG. Look at how much money we pulled in on Kickstarter for it. You have a yep. cool IP that we'd like to make an RPG for. You mind if we get negotiating? Like, yep. Absolutely. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good entry for Magpie if they pull this off. It could go to lots of lots of 
even anime places. Yeah, I, I think an I anime think series. Once you hit four point two million, <laughs> I think you're going to see you know some of these yeah. folks with with People will the start to... IPs go. Oh, maybe they have some negotiating power here. then. Yeah. yeah exactly. Imagine if they approached um, uh, the folks who do Naruto. Yep. Like, hey, we managed to get Avatar out, out the door and look at all the cool things we did for it. Give us your IP. Because really, Naruto is not miles different from a, from a source book for PPTA than Avatar. I mean, you have your different, uh, your different clans with their different abilities. It would be pretty easy, I think, to represent that. I'm like I have no idea if there's already a, um, um, an IP Naruto RPG out there. I've I've never looked I, for it. I don't but know it, it would definitely be a cool thing for Magpie to shoot for next. Uh, LB says uh, he wants to know. Or they want to know what pledge tier do you guys have? I per- personally, I, I've backed this Kickstarter. Uh, I I like I said, I'm not a fan of. I, I have surface knowledge of of Avatar. Uh, I've never watched any of the shows. I've tried watching the movie. Um, I've backed it, but I'm a big fan of a lot of folks that are involved in the, with this Kickstarter and that have designed it and have written with it, um, written for it. I, so just based on that alone, I, I wanted to support that just with my, my budget is not as big as it used to be because now I'm a full-time, this is my full-time gig. So, uh, so I don't have the funds as much as, as much as I would love to go, you know, full on, with this Kickstarter, I, I just backed to the digital. I, I've got the the twenty dollar pledge. Even that's a huge steal, by the way. That's that's a huge value yeah, for, for the deal. Is they, pretty amazing are, for the PDFs. I I honestly look at the values that Magpie is putting out here, and I shake my head because they're too good. Like, and it, I think because of that, we might see uh, more new players get into it they i think that this kickstarter mm. is designed for new new player capture because it's cheap rpg players yeah. don't mind dropping 200 dollars on a whole kick caboodle yeah. rpg game yeah not at all but non-rpg players go 75 dollars. that's a that's a yeah. month worth of coffee i could yeah. yeah. do that yeah and and i i'll say that i've backed it at the 20 dollar level I do this a lot with Kickstarters, just just to get the PDFs because I a, I, use, I like to support a lot of Kickstarters and and that's the least expensive way to do it. But I still want to give some sort of support. And that's how and, he ropes me in, folks. And <laughs> I, and it also is it's kind of the the most um, profitable for the publisher or whoever's putting the Kickstarter out because they just have to send me a link to download the PDFs and that's it. You know, they get mm-hmm. their money and they don't have to worry about shipping. They don't have to worry about getting any physical products made. So I, that's another reason why I, I back a lot of these now at, at, at digital levels. If I, I am still on the fence as to whether or not once this pledge manager comes around, kind of just sw- switching it up to the physical pledge level, just to kind of, because I'm kind of at that point where I probably will. And that's one thing that you can do with the, with the, with these Kickstarters, which is awesome. And even though once it's all said and done, just think about that. Think about that at the end of the once this Kickstarter is done and it's had, you know, probably six million or so, you know, in funding. Think of all the people that are going to increase their pledge levels or add stuff on or late back. I mean, it's I mean, it's going I, to be crazy. I'm not 
an Avatar fan. The books look great. The production values look wonderful. The deluxe dice set that Level Up is oh, doing man. makes me want to Dude. back this to get those dice. Yeah. <laughs> like, when Doug scrolled past that, I was like, wait, I didn't see that when I looked at the Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I will throw $50 your way plus 100 for this dice set. <laughs> I'm still their Adventurers curated dice thing that they just finished up. I've got I'm neck deep in that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I'm like I said, I, I I did not come to I did not create this this episode to bash this project at all. I'm very excited for it. I think the, I, I, the majority of the RPG yeah. industry is and the fans and and everyone is are are excited for this. Everyone wants this to succeed yeah. because yeah. the potential for it to be amazing for the industry amazing for magpie amazing for the players is so big right like we want this to succeed uh they're doing cool things with retailer pledges that's awesome i'm excited for that as a retailer like this this is i think we are all rooting for this and we're holding our breath that something that like please don't let anything go wrong right <laughs> because right. the fallout if it does go wrong could be big too so right. it's high risk high reward i, I think so uh, let's get to the chat just a little bit more before we, we sign off. Uh, Matt J says, it seems like usually 5e Pathfinder is the gateway drug to RPGs and then they find others. This has potential to reverse that, to take that role as gateway. Yes, I totally agree. Um, I, I love I love the fact that this might be one of those uh, RPGs that's large enough to go, oh yeah. And you know what's going to be really cool? You know what's going to be really cool? 20 years from now, 30 years from now, people are going to be like, when you talk about RPGs, they'll be like, yeah, my first RPG was Avatar Legends. Like, how cool <laughs> is that going to be to sound, to hear? Like, when, when folks, like, that was, that that's what got me into the hobby. Like, because I'll tell you what, I love telling folks the Star Wars the RPG was my first RPG when, you know, by West End Games. Like, that, that I'm such a big fan of the Star Wars, and, like, I love that game so much that, like, I feel like it's like pride or something. Like you're going to have that. These fans are going to have that in 20 years, 30 years down the road. Like I, I that to me is really exciting that a whole nother generation are going to have what I have for this one game. They're going to have it for theirs. That's yeah. Uh, Matt says, uh, but it won't reinvent the industry. Probably won't. Probably won't. No, I don't think honestly, so many role-playing games come out now on Kickstarter that are really cool and have really amazing settings and all kinds of cool stuff like level up dice and stuff like that. There enough of them have hit now that are really great games, but they just don't have the visibility and the traction that things like five E and pathfinder uh, and powered by the apocalypse is a, is a pretty, pretty high up there on its visibility scale. Now um, they just don't have that, that presence on the shelf like yep. uh recently the game store that i was in most recently actually every time i walked by a display that had D D on it that iconic D D logo draws the eye it just mm -hmm. does every time so anytime you walk past that you're like Ooh, what's that oh just something for D D. okay mm -hmm. you know whether or not you want it or not it's got your attention that, <laughs> you know LB says, uh, "I hope someone, <laughs> hope some Viacom executive sees the Kickstarter and decides to renew the Avatar series." Uh, 
it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's not well, making them. Legend pay of attention. Korra was a wild success, and so was the original Avatar. So they could easily do another series in that. But I think they they're they're probably treading on eggshells a bit because they don't want to do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got two extremely successful, extremely beloved series. If you yeah. fire a third one and it's bad. Uh, it gets labeled yeah. a cash grab and and things things yeah. go bad. They need they're probably looking like at a really massive like if you're going to give us a script for this, we need to see an amazing script for this. Yes, I will uh I think that's probably going to wrap it up for our uh, talk about the Avatar Legends the uh the Kickstarter uh, from Magpie Games again. I, I will repeat that uh, if you are interested in the Kickstarter that uh, we showed on screen here uh, definitely uh, go check it out. I put the link in the description of the, this video, uh, and then I also put the link to the uh, to the quick start down there. So uh, if you would like to try this game out uh, before the game even is printed and and on shelves, that are just go ahead and give it a try because I think I think you'll probably really really enjoy it. Um, yeah, and let us know in the comments if you back this Kickstarter because I'd love to say, uh, I'd love to hear it. And if this is your first RPG that you've ever backed, also let us know in the comments. And, and That would uh, be really love, interesting, actually. We would, we would I would, love I would to, like to actually like <laughs> talk to a first-time backer just to see like what pushed you over. Like, are you just backing this because it's Avatar and you love Avatar and you want to collect it? Or is there actually a plan to step in and play this? I, I hope, because I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I hope I hope uh, I hope you have. There's probably a little mix of both, but uh, if you if you back this and uh, if this is your first RPG and you're really excited to uh, to uh, you know start dabbling in, in role playing games, uh, let us know in the comments. I, I'd love to welcome you to the community first and foremost, but uh, we'd also love to tell you, you know, that uh, some great some great games out there, and and we're just as excited as you are for this for this game, and maybe you can also give us. Some insight, some information on on Avatar. Both Ben and I uh, are, are, you know, <laughs> amateurs. Not, uh, not huge fans of this uh, <laughs> this this IP. Sell yet, me, so. sell me on exactly. it. I wanna, exactly. I wanna, I wanna be sold. Watch, watch like five episodes of the series, and you will want to play. <laughs> you like, really? There, there's throughout the series, they run into so many interesting people, and basically what would count as NPCs, honestly, um, as they travel across the world uh, of Avatar. Um, it just begs you to want to play in the world because they touch on things for one episode and then maybe again five, ten episodes later uh, they have a recurring role kind of thing happen. And they just, they get you interested in something and then they're like, okay, we're off to the next thing. And I'm, we're, everybody's like, wait, but, no. but, but, but. <laughs> it's like Doctor Who, you know, when he takes off and you're just like, no, stay there for like the next seven episodes. We want to learn more. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chaotic Goodcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. If you've watched all this way and you haven't already, please hit that like button down below. Uh, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. It definitely helps us grow as a show. Uh, and and if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, that little bell notification that lets you know every single time we go live, upload new content. Uh, we'd love to have you as part of this show every week. And uh, we really greatly appreciate everyone that joined us in the chat. And, and uh, it was great to... Uh, great listening to everyone's comments and, and uh, having you all share along with us uh, this week. So thank you all very much. Uh, this has been the Chaotic Goodcast, episode 113. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We will see you all next week.
Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victoryconditiongaming. We have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. So, uh, so I always like to make a little mental note of where these Kickstarters start. Uh, and then where they end when we talk about them. I don't want to claim full credit for this, but they raised about $17,000 in the 45 minutes we talked about the game. <laughs> nice. So, absolutely. absolutely. So back by, yeah. hook, hook us up. Hook us up. Hook us up. Of, give us some dice. sponsorship cash there. Give, give me a set of dice. That's all <laughs> I'm looking for. A set back. of dice. Just, yeah, <laughs> really. Send us a set of those dice, and me and Ben will literally fight to the death over them. <laughs> oh, jeez. All this does is, like, make me want to see more popular ip rpgs being made like all right if they're done with love it's an amazing well, thing well let's let's like you know dissect uh, john hooker's comment there uh he thought they were talking about the avatar blue people in the alien jungle maybe we do that with powered by the apocalypse and we have double avatar there you go avatar squared we make it happen <laughs> i i really i i would love to see a teenage mutant Ninja Turtles rpg like Nickelodeon. <laughs> I, I mean, I, my, that, my, tra my Transformers, would, uh, the potential for doing Transformers has already passed because uh, Renegade is going to do that with 5e. That's uh, coming out, I, I think, later this year or next year. I can't remember which. Supposed, supposed to be, I think, holiday this year. But is it I'm, holiday this year? Uh, with anything that's been announced, I'm, yeah. I'm holding my breath. So, so I, can't, I can't do that. I can't work on that one. So... Uh, Magpie. Just really quickly, Ethan I went to Level Up Dice's homepage. Um, Why the, do you do that? Same style, sorry, <laughs> the same style of dice that they have for the for the Kickstarter. Um, a set of seven RPG dice, so your standard polyhedral set, is $120. Mm. So you're getting an additional five dice on top of that. So that would probably push it to like 200 bucks right there. Like yep. I wasn't even kidding. <laughs> Jason, are you, do you get some sort of Money from level up dice. Uh, well, you're pushing, you're like pushing these dice pretty hard. <laughs> they are amazing dice, dude. Do you, you, do you nice. have any level up yeah. dice? I've never had any level up. They dice. are awesome. I don't they have, are really good. You know, I I don't make the big bucks like some people. Even though I, people claim <laughs> sell that a sports I have, car, I have... buy a house. <laughs> I've seen the kind of money you pull down, and Mr. Higgins with his eBay sellings. <laughs> oh, believe me, that's uh. I wish I was making enough money to live on with my eBay flipping, but uh, then I could hang out with you guys all the time. So true, yeah, true. This is true. This I true. wouldn't have to run this game store. Oh, uh, well, you could buy it out. You know, hire someone to manage it and just reap the rewards. <laughs> there we go. I like it. I like it. Wait, I thought that's what I thought that's what you do already, Ben. Shh. I that's what you sit in the back. Oh. Trying to give him some plausible deniability here, man. Come on. Work with me, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in and get fired tomorrow. John, John says, John says, I think you say that every week, Doug, about TMNT. You know what? Pretty close. He I'll likes keep, turtles. I'll keep saying it every week until it actually happens. So let's, let's, you gotta let's you gotta manifest. Us. You gotta manifest. Right. That. That's right. That's right. Got to put it out there in the universe. So be, yeah, the more you put it out there, the more it comes back yeah, to you. That's right. That's right. Like a green boomerang. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for, uh, for being a part of this show. 
Uh, it's always always fun highlight of my week. So uh, thanks to everybody that's still sticking around. We'll see y'all next week.